Hello and welcome to episode six of The Appod. This week I'm joined by the brilliant Amy Williams, who is the founder and CEO at Goodloop, an ethical advertising platform. This week we're discussing how companies balance profit versus purpose, which has been an interesting discussion in recent years, given some of the largest world events that we have seen. And the conversation with Amy is very different to what I was expecting. It's incredibly interesting. So I hope that you enjoy. Hey, Amy, welcome to the Airpod. How are you doing? Thanks for having me. I'm good. Cheers. Good, good. So for those who don't know you, would you mind giving us just a quick intro into your career and what you do now? Sure. So I am the founder and CEO of a company called Goodloop. We're an ethical, purpose-powered advertising platform. So we distribute ads programmatically across premium publishers. And if people choose to engage with those ads by giving a little bit of their precious time and attention, then they unlock a donation funded by the advertiser and they can, they can give it to a charity of their choice. So the the user gets a fair value exchange. They get to do a little bit of good in the world for free. And the advertiser gets a positive and meaningful engagement and and they get to support the charities and causes that are most aligned to their their purpose. So um, it's really about creating this sort of virtuous cycle between doing good and delivering marketing ROI, which is why I called it Good Loop. And um, my career has always been in advertising. I started at Ogilvy on a graduate scheme. I learned so much, but I also learned that selling fabric conditioner wasn't for me. So um, I started Good Loop really to take some of the things I was finding most inspiring about the creative side of our industry, you know, purpose and positivity and, and building brands that matter and applying it to media, which is where like 90% of a brand's budget is, but where often media buying can be you know at best neutral and at worst quite contradictory to a brand's values got you that's awesome and i'm so excited to talk to you about this topic today like profit versus purpose because whenever i talk about the ad industry to my friends outside of it there's often this conception that it's very capitalist by nature i was once at a pre-covid dinner party and someone was like oh, isn't advertising pretty soulless? Um, I think it's because they see advertising as like companies trying to sell them stuff, get them to spend money um, and, and also to businesses. Um, so when the goal is you know, making money, then you know, why would the companies in advertising care for anything beyond that? And so I guess, you know, my first question is like, what's the point in purpose if all these companies are supposed to be targeting profit? The ultimate question. I mean, I'm aware that, you know, I call my business an ethical advertising platform and that is inherently an oxymoron, right? Like, <laughs> like you said, selling, getting people to consume more is, is fundamentally not very good for the planet or our mental health or many other things that capitalism really doesn't, doesn't help with. However, purpose has increasingly been shown as a, a pillar of profit, right? It's, an, it's, it's a way to drive a certain level of value within a business. So the first thing I suppose to say is, is, to, is to illustrate that, that the two aren't 
you know, diametrically opposed, they can actually complement each other. It used to be that that purpose was a point of differentiation, and and it still is to an extent. You know, there are. Um, for instance, in the financial sector, banks like Bank of the West or the Cooperative Bank differentiate through their ethics and their values. And people are happy to pay a little bit more to support those banks that divest from fossil fuels or, or you know, invest in the community. But at the other end of the scale, it's now even become an expectation that can cause people to not only pay a little bit more, but actually they can boycott brands that they see not doing enough. You know, you in the last five years, we've seen some really important innovations in very affordable, very mainstream categories like, like Unilever and P&G, where, where they've applied sustainable principles to some of their products that are accessible to everyone. You know, like P&G have Tide Pods that you can wash at 30 degrees. Not washing your laundry at 60 degrees, washing it at 30, it saves so much energy. You know, Unilever um, had a, a, a SIF product that was diluted um, considerably less, which meant the package packaging could be smaller, which used significantly less plastic. You know, these, these innovations are crucial to keep customers loyal in a, in a world where those expectations are, are, have never been higher. So that, that's the first point is, you know, actually purpose drives profit. In many ways, it's the deciding factor when consumers are stood at that aisle and they're picking which brands. The other thing is at a sort of deeper level, if you wanna build a brand, you need some sort of emotional connection with consumers, right? Like business school 101, the role of a brand is two things. The first role is, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a badge of trust and, and reliability because you, you get the same product each time. But the second thing a brand does is it, it's, a, it's a mechanism of self-expression. When I wear clothes with logos on them, you know, sorry, hang on, let me put this on silent. When I wear clothes with logos on them, when I choose to put my pounds behind a business, I'm telling the world something about myself. You know, when, when we wear brands, when we buy into brands, we are using them as a way to say something to the world about what we stand for and what we believe in. And 20 years ago, that might have been, you know, our, our cultural norms or our cultural self-expression and today a huge part of it is our expression of our social values i wear brands that believe in things that i believe in and so i think there's a really important role for purpose to play in in building brands that actually have valuable emotional long-term connections with consumers yeah makes it makes a ton of sense i think for some businesses that it maybe becomes a bit more natural than others who maybe um, depending on their kind of history and like their, maybe even their target audience, maybe where it's heavily around price. There's a bunch of, I guess, uh, heuristics that go into it, but I guess from like an advertiser perspective, you called out a couple of really good examples where they're thinking about innovation to help um, kind of, uh, help the planet in some ways. Um, what other th- kind of initiatives do you see that advertisers or businesses take uh, apart from just making profit? So there's been a really interesting movement in the media and advertising industry around sustainability in the last 18 months. Like this is all super recent. And as far as I can tell, it was very much triggered by the open letter that Extinction Rebellion wrote to the advertising industry. Uh, they published it. 
um, before COVID, so uh, sort of late 2019, I think. And, and the letter was really calling to the advertising industry to, to acknowledge our responsibility and to use our influence. It's an industry that often, you know, manages to, to go unnoticed when everybody's criticizing or evaluating the impact of Nestle or Unilever, you know, these big brands, but actually the advertising industry that surrounds those brands has a huge role to play. So that was a very powerful start point. From that, there were some really interesting responses. One that I uh, was particularly inspired by was the response of Purpose Disruptors. Purpose Disruptors are a volunteer community of which I am a member. We meet regularly. We used to meet in the pub. Now we meet on Zoom. But we talk about the advertising industry and how we can, how we can use it to help um, further certain goals. And so we all came together to talk about this open letter from Extinction Rebellion. And what came out of it was an initiative called The Great Reset. This was a brief that the, the, the group put out to all creatives, all media owners, everyone in our industry. The Great Reset was a simple idea. Lockdown has caused us through unfortunate circumstances to make very sustainable life changes, right? We're flying less, we're traveling less, we're buying more local, all of these things are amazing for the planet. So how can we encourage some of those behaviors to stick after lockdown ends? And so the advertising industry came together, over 200 people across the, the, the industry submitted briefs, submitted responses, submitted ideas, produced creative, donated media, Goodloop donated a load of our ad formats across some of our publishers, and we ran this amazing campaign that was really all centered around this idea of, of making those, those habits stick, uh, this idea of the great reset. And then we've seen in the last sort of six months or so, the Ad Net Zero initiative. So the Advertising Association has come together with the IPA and various other industry bodies. The ad industry has committed to be Ad Net Zero by 2030. And they've had amazing signatories that like Google signed up, Accenture signed up, WPP, Omnicom. And you know, all of these organizations have made that very public commitment to invest in drawdown energy, to evaluate the carbon cost of a media plan, you know, at every point of the media journey. So I think that's a fantastic example because it's it's not placing the onus on the brands, on the clients. It's thinking about how us as an industry can make significant and meaningful change. Yeah, that's awesome when all the stakeholders come from different sides to right? for, for actual purpose. Yeah, mate, it's, it's, it's so good. And I think sometimes... Um, like the, when you think about the consumers and they think, you know, they see these ads talking about purpose or they read these initiatives. Um, some people, are, you know, are just natural cynics and they might see it as, oh, this is a nice story to get me to do something. I'm being being tricked. How 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 do you balance that? Or, 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 or can you, I guess, if you are trying to put out, you know, purpose built messaging, how do you sort of get those consumers to know its true purpose? Yeah, really good question. I, I often think of purpose a little bit like a dartboard and there are like different layers. You know, it's like, it's like an ogre, right? It's, like, it's an onion, there's layers. So the outermost layer are brands that don't need or shouldn't have a purpose. And there are many brands that fulfill this category, right? Not every business should have a purpose. Not every business should have a social vision and mission. Ryanair do great cheap flights. 
that's the business you know sports direct sell brilliant sports socks there is no need for a purpose and so and and there are other le- levers that get pulled like you've alluded to like price and and value and, and and other things the next layer are the brands that apply purpose but it is to your point artificial you know it it's often where purpose has been originated from within a marketing or a pr team rather than from within core company leadership or core operations of the business. And it's often centered around a specific campaign that doesn't actually have any meaningful link to what the business does and the role the business plays in society. Um, A very fantastic example of this is a couple of years ago, KFC did a campaign where they turned their buckets pink and all the proceeds supported um, various different cancer charities. I think it was sort of breast cancer and uh, sort of various different cancers and thinking about how they could raise awareness and raise funds, which every time a brand or a business gives money to charity, there's merit. But fast food is a huge contributor to, um, to cancer, like they, they are, they're intri- in, in, intrinsically linked. There is research backing that up. Our diet is a massive, massive factor. So that was an area where KFC didn't have an authentic role to play. Their product and their business model didn't back up the thing they were supporting. And, and that's where it can feel really, really jarring. And that brings me to that final layer, I suppose, which is where the purpose is, is meaningfully linked to the business in some way. And this doesn't need to be change the world stuff you know some businesses have tiny roles to play and therefore their purpose can be tiny and it can still be positive and it can still be important a lovely example of this is pg tips so obviously they sell tea tea bags are never going to solve the world's problems but having a cup of tea with someone that's lonely can really really change their day and so pg tips partner with the Samaritans they have this fantastic campaign around loneliness and and mental health and and suicide and and raising awareness and bringing people together over a simple cup of tea and that that purpose feels authentic right because it's tied to the product but aligned to a bigger mission so so I think that's the key really is thinking what's the role your brand and your business plays in consumers lives and using that as a jumping off point to think how you can make their lives and their world better. Yeah, and I, I think that leads into um, like setting KPIs for purpose. Um, you know, most businesses, I don't know about you, but I look at quarterly targets and profitability and how many uh, like pay rises and bonuses and but like you know, lots of numbers based stuff. And then when you start to think about you know as a business, like um, some of the sort of purpose built metrics. Um, how do you go about starting to develop those out and, and so they actually have some meaning? So I don't actually know the answer to that because a lot of what we do at Good Loop is help brands convert those purpose numbers into business metrics. And I, and I really emphasize that because it's something I've had to learn the hard way over the last four and a half years building this business. If you talk about purpose for the sake of its impact, 
you will never get meaningful buy-in across the organization. If you find a way to translate purpose and social impact into business results, into the metrics they're already tracking, that's when you meaningfully integrate it into the company and, and, and therefore achieve scale. So, you know, you've, al you've already mentioned that they might track things like you know, um, long-term customer value or, or, or loyalty or brand affinity. They might even track things like employee retention and how happy their employees are and how inspired they feel to work for the company. And all of these things are affected by purpose. So really, you know, whenever we run a good loop campaign, we say you, you, we've planted this many trees or we've built this many wells and that's wonderful but we've also shifted consumer perception by this we've built trust by this and we've increased purchase intent by this and, and we always end with those business metrics because like you say you know we've got to be pragmatic here that's the that's the aim of the game yeah and i think that that's the thing i'm really taking away from this so far is it's not diametrically opposed so i think some businesses would look at some of the purpose initiatives as being almost cost, mm -hmm. which deviates away from building more products and investing in more factories or people or, or whatever it might be. Um, it's actually how the two come, how truly come together. That's where you, I guess, see the biggest success, right? And if they don't come together, then don't do it. Yeah. Like yeah. every, not every business can solve every problem. So focusing on where you can solve a problem whilst growing the company will give you the best possible chance of success. Yeah. So I think when, if you're starting out, um, like any business, any sector, they have, they want to make money so they can invest and probably become bigger in some competitive marketplaces. Um, but if they're not making as much money, it becomes difficult to compete because they can't afford the best engineers in San Francisco or whatever it might be, but they're also, but they're an amazing purpose driven business. How do you, how, I guess what I'm trying to get to is like, how do you, uh, make sort of, I guess, balance the two. I, I think more specifically in like the advertising sector. I don't know how to answer because I've always thought of our social drivers, our, our social mission as a key way that we compete. You know, mm. we may not be able to afford the fanciest developers in San Francisco, but we also have amazing people emailing us asking to join Goodloop. You know, I've got a, a waiting list of amazing people that have said, you know, call me when you're ready. I'd love to jump ship and join you guys. Like I, I'm, I'm honestly blown away by the amount of incredible talent that has come to us because the advertising industry is full of smart, creative, passionate people who are a little bit jaded and like your friend who was in the pub saying you know isn't that a little bit of a, a corporate soulless activity I think a lot of us are questioning like what is the role of our industry what what am I doing every day and why and these opportunities like Goodly presents to 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 harness your skill set and harness a massive industry but to do it in a way that that we can all be proud of and that that has some sort of bigger mission it, it's so valuable 
so you know I, I don't know if we always need to compete on, on profit we're never going to make as much money on profit as google because google gives 50 percent of our money to charity that's a terrible idea i don't know who persuaded me to do that but we do <laughs> <laughs> no obviously that's the whole point is we donate to charity but it means our margins are smaller and you know when i talk to investors that's such a tough one to get them to get you know to get on board with it like the amount, I can't tell you the amount of investor meetings I've had where they've come away and they've they've thought about it. And then they've called me up a few days later and been like, no, I really like it. I really like it. Have you thought about giving giving away less? Because you, you'd make a hell of a lot more and you'd, we'd make more in the short term. Yes. But would we actually meaningfully make more in the long term? Because the fact we donate so much builds trust. It builds trust with our with our brands. You know, when an advertiser gives us a hundred grand, fifty grand goes to charity. Super clean, super clear. There's no bullshit. And for a consumer as well, when they see a good leap advert out in the wild, they know. 50% of the cost of that ad goes to charity. It's not 0.0% after taxes and costs. You know, it, it's transparent. And I think transparency coupled with a social social mission, that is a massive weapon against the Facebooks and Googles of the world who who have dominance but 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 don't have that that spark. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. And I think the way that we've spoken about um, consumers becoming aligned with brands because of they align on purpose. I think it's the same way with employees, our companies, yeah. investors. And whilst, you know, there's going to be a bunch who just want to look at margins and growth and rev share or whatever it might be. There's also others who like actually want to invest money um, in kind of socially responsible ways and things that mean something beyond just making more and more money, I guess. Um, and I think that's what I've, you know, as we're, we're as a small business ourselves, um, you know, there's sometimes you can't compete on certain perks because these big, rich, big companies can because they're printing money. <laughs> but, but you know, we stand for something because we don't do deals and like there's there's, there's um, purpose to what we do. So, yeah, yeah I think how you, I, I think you made a really good point around you use that as your point of differentiation yeah. um, as opposed to just being just another company who does does something. Mm. Yeah, uh, fundamentally for me, it's always this, it boils down to the same thing. How can you turn social impact from a cost center to a value a, a value creation part of the business? Mm. Cool. Um, I think my final question is: there'll be some people who are listening to this podcast. They probably work in a big, large company. Might have an idea which is born out of something other than. I can make more money by doing this. It's just a better thing to do. What would be your advice? Where do they, where do they start? How do they take that idea and, and kind of back themselves with it, I guess? Okay, so I have two pieces of advice. One for just generally starting a business and one for starting a social business. The, the main thing I've learned starting a business at all when you're in a very comfy, cozy, reassuring corporate job, and it's really scary to take the jump. The main thing I realized is just talking to people has so much power. When you start buying people a coffee and sitting down with them and getting 20 minutes of their day to just tell them your idea, every time you say it aloud, it gets more real. And every time you talk to someone new, they will have a different build or question or challenge or they'll think of someone else you should speak to that might be a potential customer or a potential partner and like 
I didn't really realize I'd started a business until I got six months into these coffees and, and sort of looked back and, and, and thought, oh, I've actually got, you know, I've got the beginnings of something here. Like it, it's not one day you get up out of bed and you just start a company. It, it's these conversations that slowly, slowly turn it from a concept to something more concrete. So, you know, I see so many founders or, or potential founders that say, well, I've got an idea, but I can't tell anyone yet because, you know, I'm still working it out. Like, don't just don't keep don't keep it back. Like, start telling people because don't frankly, no one gives a shit about your idea except you. So don't worry that they're going to steal it because people are busy with their own crap. So just get it out there and make it real. Um, and then specifically for if you want to build a social business. I would say, you know, it's very tempting to build a business where the social impact is the reason to believe, the social impact is the reason to buy, because that's what you as a founder care about, right? You, you know, you've come into this thinking you're going to solve a certain problem and you're really passionate about that problem. And so all you can see is that, you know, people will also want to solve that problem. The reality is, as we've talked about here for, for 20 minutes or so is that that isn't really the motivation behind most people's purchase decisions. There are always financial business incentives that drive purchase decisions. So the most successful social businesses I see are the ones where the social impact is, is a secondary feature, but actually the social impact makes their, their, their primary features better. To give that um, a bit more of a, a real example, I'll use Goodloop. The fact we donate to charity is the reason I get out of bed every day and it's the reason I love my company. The reason Unilever buys our product isn't because they donate to charity because they could literally do that anyway. The reason they buy our product is it makes their advertising work harder. It delivers better ROI on their media spend because it drives better engagement. So what is the business reason that, that your customers will buy your product that that indirectly will have a social impact in the world. Trying to flip the order in which you think about those things will really help to build a social business that has meaningful scale. That's amazing. This podcast has been so interesting. There's so much to take away <laughs> and so much to think about. It's been so fascinating getting to talk to you. Um, yeah, I think that's it. Thank you so much, Amy. I really appreciate your time. It's been great. Of course. And I'll end by saying if anyone is genuinely look, like trying to start a business or listening to this and thinking that there's something that they could do, like just get in touch with me. Just add me on LinkedIn and tell me your idea and I can be your first coffee. Well, there you go. There's a promise. <laughs> Thanks, Amy. Appreciate it. <laughs> well, I hope you enjoyed that episode of The Appod. Amy speaks so fantastically well about profit versus purpose. It's basically impossible not to learn something from talking with her every time. So I hope you enjoyed it. And all that leaves me to say is please like and subscribe. And I'll see you soon for episode seven of The Ad Pod. Hold up. 